What's up, everybody? You're listening to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. A couple of weeks ago, I got out there and I did a little bit of volunteering at a community center that focuses on creating positive experiences and safe spaces for black youth. And it was a really good, empowering uh, opportunity for me to kind of give back to my community and get out there and, and do something positive for someone else. So it made me want to reach out to Carlos. Uh, Carlos hosts the We Love Philly podcast here in the city of Philadelphia. He's a school teacher and he does something unique. His podcast is built around volunteering, but he does it with his students and he takes it not just in the classroom, but in his everyday life. We talk about that. We talk about the importance of community. It's something uh, I, I've gone back to a lot over this podcast. You'll hear in this conversation how Carlos works to fight some of the stigmas that exist for his students, but also the fighting tide of, of how do we keep our youth Uh, engaged uh, in the age of social media and everything that's trying to constantly get our attention. So I've had a lot of people coming to me asking me where I find the time and the space to make all of these podcasts happen. Well, I have to thank the folks at Rec Philly. They provide me the space, the equipment, and the networking capacity to make this take off. And it's not just for other podcasts. Other creative individuals use this space as well. We're talking musicians, photographers, anyone that considers themselves a creative individual. So if that's you, head over to Rec Philly. Visit them on Instagram. And if you find yourself wanting a membership, tell them Salah sent you. Carlos, how are you today? I am living the dream. So, um, <laughs> the living the dream. Living I like that. I, yeah, I, you I know, really I have those sayings that I say to somebody, and I always try to catch them off guard. Yeah. So every once in a while, I'll be walking through work, and I'll be like, you know, somebody will come up to me and go, "How are you today?" I'm, I go, "I'm fantastic." And I go, "Wow, fantastic!" Yeah. yeah why yeah. not? Right? Uh, yeah. My favorite is when I ask the students how they're doing, and they say good, and then I say why, mm. and they just look at me like. But I thought I'm just supposed to say good and like walk away. Like we're supposed to continue this conversation because it's such like a, uh, what's the word? I'm it's a formality. Yeah, it's yeah, just exactly, like, it's exactly. almost the same as saying hello to someone. And then that's just kind of it. And it's yeah. just like, well, no, if you're going to ask me, yeah, exactly. let me tell you how I oh, feel. Time, they're like, why? And like, I have to tell you why? They're like, I don't know. I was chilling. I was like, well, what's chilling? Like, <laughs> what would not be chilling then if you can't explain what is chilling? Exactly. Like, what's the opposite? And they're like, why are you always trying to get us to think? I'm like. Cause that's my job. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, that's so important. And I think sometimes people take that for granted that uh, yeah. like, why do I have to think? And it's like, well, yeah, everyone should be thinking about something, some aspect of everything that they're, yeah. they're doing. So thinking is not just for when you have to do something very critical. It's yeah. And the, you can pick it up. Yeah. Like if you're in the moment and you see that it's, that it's something that's useful. Oh, I could start doing that and then maybe I can have longer conversations with people and then maybe I can make a connection and then maybe this might lead somewhere instead of just a head nod. Right. Like, right. there's so many more possibilities. You're upping your chances so much you to, are. To, to, for something unexpected to happen than just a... Hi. 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 Like maybe that person was really meant to be put in your life and there you go. There's another opportunity that walked by you because of... yeah. I like the way you think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so tell us who you are. You are Carlos. Yeah. So I'm Carlos Aponte. I am a high school teacher at One Bright Ray Community High School. I've been teaching overaged and under students in North Philly, Southwest Philly, 
and uh, I work at a program where it's a student's last chance to get a diploma before they mm. can, uh, mm. before they have to get the GED. So dropouts, court order, just the students that everyone thinks it's too late. So um, uh, that's the, the student population I picked because I have a really similar background and I can relate to them and I love it. And yeah. I, uh, I didn't ask you last time, but what's, you know, I know you said you're, um, the age range is 16 to 21. 21. So why is 21 like the limit for you? To so, so in order for students to get a high school diploma, they have to be enrolled at our program at mm. 21 because then, well, then it's too late to get the high school diploma, but that was the case when the, when the program just opened. Ah. But now we're the first program in the city of Philadelphia to offer a high school diploma from age 22 and up. Oh, so cool. before that, that was never the case. And 21 was the cutoff. They had to have been enrolled. So if it took them two years and they had zero credits, they could technically get their high school diploma at 23 mm. gotcha. as long as they were enrolled, enrolled by, by 21. 21. But now, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, maybe it has to do with the age, like you're with 16 year olds, mm. maybe it's an insurance thing, but, but yeah, but I know before, and this is like maybe the first full year of the adult program. And nice. like I said, it's the first in the city. So before that there was none, it was 21 and that was it. You have to get your GED. But now I've, I was told the other day we have 60 year olds in the high school diploma, the adult Seriously? program at night. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, the range is from 22 to however old you can want to get that high school diploma. That's amazing. How did you really navigate toward this very specific line of work? Because I think as a, you know, I don't think anyone, at least I've never come across anyone when they're thinking about becoming a teacher, they go, well, I want to target people who have only one more opportunity to get a high school diploma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I believe uh, really big in synchronicities. Mm. So before I was at this job, I was serving and bartending in North Philadelphia on Temple's campus. Nice. And I one day legitimately said, all right, I've been graduated for a year. I have my diploma. I'm ready to teach in Philadelphia. Like it's my calling. I'm going to do it. Literally went and applied at one place, one bright, right community high school. Literally the next day got the phone call that it's saying, okay, you can have an interview. And I was like, Oh wow, this is fast. Like I know a lot of teacher friends who are like, yeah, I've been looking for this long. I've been looking for this. Yeah. Long. And then day two, I had the job interview found out three hours later I have the job. So wow. within 48 hours, I was an employee at One Bright Ray and I took over for a teacher that got fired mid-year mm. and I started January 2nd, 2014 and was, yeah, I hit the ground running. But the reason why I only applied at this one place was the description, was seeing that there's 16 to 21 year olds who who didn't make it in regular high school. And that really struck the chord with me because of my own high school experience and knowing the type of background that I came from and knowing that a lot of these students who enter the school district of Philadelphia and who enter high school are coming in with the mentality that no one cares, right? So thinking that no one cared about me growing up and I didn't get that same sort of love, that same sort of attention, I said, well, if I want that in my life now, at the time I was 24 and I was so full of ego. Yeah. <laughs> but at the time, it was starting, it was starting to crack, right? Yeah. Like that dark night of the soul was just upon me where I was going <laughs> to realize how much of, yeah, trauma that I've been passing on, generational right. trauma. Right. 
but I, uh, I said, okay, this is, this is it. Like if I want to start my life and start to do the right thing, then I need to do it with the people who I know have never experienced it. And I, I believe, uh, I would say the second biggest reason I did it is because I figured this student population as well was going to be able to teach me just as much as I was going to be able to teach them. I, I, I too am a product of the Philadelphia school system and I, I believe I was fortunate enough in the sense that I had some really great teachers at the right moments. But it, I, I also had that same feeling of, you know, the teachers really are just here to collect the check. Yeah. Um, they're not really interested in my success. And, you know, they're really just here to ride out the day and, yeah. and uh, just kind of. Yeah. It's so unfortunate. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, like, it is. Like, I don't know how you can do that and go home and be cool with it. Mm. Like, like I don't, I, it just really, even to this day, I'm like, okay, you're an educator. You're in the classroom. You ha- you've been in school all your life as an educator, right? Like, I've literally been inside of a classroom since I was four years old. Mm. Like, there was no breaks. I was just always inside of a classroom right. in some capacity. You know how vital that that one teacher is or that one adult who shows they care and you knew how angry everyone else made and how much you blamed everyone else for how your life was because they didn't care so you were like what's the point right and for you to be a teacher and to go in the classroom and be that teacher who doesn't care it's i i feel like you it should be like there should be like a criminal offense to that like you legit are messing up the future of our country. You're messing up the future of our city. These are the people who are going to take over this city of Philadelphia. You have a responsibility when you go inside that classroom to at least do your best, right? Right. Like that's that's the cliche teacher phrase, do your best. Do your best. And then for you to not do your best and to sit back on your tenure or you sit back and you hide behind the union or you hide behind Mm. whatever red tape that you're hiding behind because I put in my 10 years, I put in my 20 years or so whatever, what's a couple couple kids who might not like, no, like that mindset is... Yeah, it's unbelievable. I can't believe it's a thing amongst teachers. I, I never really thought about it in that perspective of, a, you know, a criminal offense. But, th- but it makes sense, though, right? Like you're sabotaging yes. the future of a community yeah. um, because, be just con- because you're lazy. Yes. I'm yeah. Sorry. yeah. And you have to be, yeah, you have to be conscious of it. Right. There's no way you're not <laughs> conscious of it. Right. Because you're saying those same exact kid things to the kids. Why right. are you lazy? Why aren't you doing your work? Why aren't you doing your work? Right. Right. I don't know if you've seen it on social media, but that, that kid. Yes, I just that, saw that. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, there's a kid that um, he basically calls out a teacher. And, yes. and you know, I'll, I'll summarize, but it was basically like it's your job to yes. inspire us. Yes. And if you just come in and say, go to your textbook yes. and do this and Ugh. then you just sit there all day, you're not inspiring us. You're not leading us. You're not setting the right example. Yes. It's profound that a, a kid is that knowledgeable and understanding that that dynamic isn't supposed to work and then able to speak to that in front of the teacher and show that, you know, this is your, what you're doing is broken. And I know I can imagine so many of your students feel that way. Yes. And I feel like, I don't know if this is just the high school level, but I feel like high school, not to make apologies for the teachers, but I feel like the high school time was such an influential time Mm. in everyone's life that when these teachers do see these high school students and they're treating them in that negative, that uncaring way, it's because of the preconception that, well, when I was in high school, 
I did it this way right. and I was successful. So why aren't you doing it? Right. I was this. I and it's like, are you kidding me? You were yeah. in high school in 1980, 1990. Right. Just a simple fact that social media exists today and it, the internet completely changes the game. Yeah. Like completely changes the game in every way, shape, or form. Like for you to be a teacher and not even to use like for you to be a teacher in a classroom for 20, 30 years, I understand like you're, you're exhausted, right? The burnout is real, right? I think the percent, when I went to Temple University and I was in my senior year and I don't know why they waited to senior year to tell us this, but we had a teacher, we walked in and they said, look to your left, look to your right. 70% of you won't be teaching after five years. They wow. said, that's the burnout, right? That's how often everyone leaves teaching after five years. Wow. But, with the internet, if you've been teaching for that long, you have an entire library of resources mm. to where it, like, it'll take a little bit of reading and maybe switching a thing here or there, but you can use all of that to at least freshen up your lessons. Right. You know what I mean? And for you not to do it, it's it's a sin. It really is. And let, let's let's talk about that a little bit because are you seeing that that is one of the driving forces into why why your job exists essentially? Because yes. you know the the failure of those teachers, you know, and not saying that that's all teachers, but that large element, you know, why someone twenty one and still doesn't have their high school diploma? Yes, it definitely does. That the the stories I hear coming from different schools throughout the city are they they sound like horror stories, mm -hmm. right? I really don't know a population that's more observant than 16 to 21 year olds today. Like they might not know why they're doing what they're doing and they might not see how their actions are causing things, but they see how other people's actions are, are causing things, right? Like it's something we learned as children to be able to point out problems. I right. mean, at 16 to 21, like you're really good at pointing out problems. Absolutely. You're really good at pointing the finger. I mean, you're not so much good at finding the solutions yet, which is understandable, but these kids can tell immediately when someone isn't being real, authentic, trying hard, or caring, right? I believe when you're a younger person and you're, you don't have as much on your mind, you can really pick up that energy and those vibes off of people and you can see who, and feel who cares and then who doesn't care. Yet the, the social stigma, the uh, stereotype for that demographic is, you know, it's their fault. Yeah. that they've gotten to this moment in their life, right? Yeah. Like they've, they've made the bad choices among themselves, not that as a, it's been a failure of the teaching community of our education system, but also our community at large. Yeah, I would, I would go more the community at large. And once again, I'm, I'm, I'm with 16 to 21 year olds who, like I said, didn't make it in the, the, the public school system. And I spoke on it earlier, but I would still say, I wouldn't say the schooling is the biggest problem. I would more speak on the generational trauma mm. is the biggest problem. You only know what you know and what's passed on to you through your parents, through what you see, through not what you see only from your parents, but your community, your neighbors, pretty much everyone. When you grow up in poverty and you grow up in generational trauma, you really don't believe that there's another way right like 
me in the classroom being the hyper guy, uh, being the I have a found, I have uh, three tenants. I always I always tell the students, and I always live by, and I try to get them to hold me accountable at all times for it, and call me out if I'm not. But I tell them, in order for you to make it in life, and f- in order for you to build, you have to have a foundation. Mm. If you build a house on a shoddy foundation, that house is going to collapse when adversity comes, right? right? Hurricane, tornado, whatever it is, it's going to collapse. It's the same with your life. If your foundation isn't strong and you build on a shoddy foundation, it's going to come collapsing on you. And that's when people give up. They turn to drugs. They unfortunately turn to suicide. And they can't face the fact that they realize that, oh, my God, I created my life this way because right. of this foundation. So I try to tell them all the time, my foundation is peace, love, positivity. Mm. And for them to even hear an adult say that, it, when they stare at me, they're like, it looks like their heads are going to explode. They're like, what are you talking about? Right. You're not like this outside of school. This right. isn't your real life. This isn't what you do. And yeah, I was like, you're just a cliche, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're just saying that because you're the teacher and you want us to do it. And I'm like, no, this is it. Mm. And then I feel like that foundation's what drove me to start We Love Phillies because I'm like, okay, I think you don't think I'm serious about this. And I don't think you think that there's really other people besides me who have a foundation that they're building upon that's similar it might not be the same but it's pretty similar and i'm gonna show you and you're gonna see it and then i feel like that sort of moment that sort of mentorship is like that i don't want to say kick in the butt but that's like that it's a it's a nice kick in the butt though because it's it's such a you know to to see someone living what they preach is so much more impactful because you start to figure out different ways you can apply that same mindset and way of thinking to your own life in a sense, right? Like you, you know, the, the, the second they see you falter or misstep, it's like, well, you know, everything you've been really preaching to us is just, you know, it's nonsense, right? You don't believe it. So why should I? And so that, that I, I, I can imagine that's, incredibly impactful and is a nice kick in the butt yeah yeah and it's cool right like i'm not i'm not perfect these are these are this is my foundation hold me accountable if i slip up i'm human i'm gonna apologize i'm gonna show the humility right which is another thing that needs to be modeled to youth especially 16 to 21 year olds especially when you're that full of ego and you think that you you either have it figured out or no one can tell you anything or why am i apologizing or how will i look like everyone's gonna think i'm some punk if i do this this and this and i'm like no like this this is it you're human that's part of the love right i have to forgive myself for slipping i have to have that self-love and if i can model that for students then the city's just going to benefit from it i agree 100 percent, and that's um kind of what you said earlier speaks exactly to that that generational trauma of yes. not having that foundation of you know it's okay to feel it's okay to yes. to have those missteps. Um, the important part of it is is you you have a basis of um, some type of recovery, right? Like yes. you have something that you can fall back on, and if that doesn't exist, yes. uh, the, the 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 trauma just you know stays with you and yeah. just gets passed on to your and your next child. It's, it's so real, especially with our young males. Yeah. It's so real. I've had young males in my office one on one. I create a safe space for them. They open up. And you can see that they want to cry. And you know that cry is that release, right? It's like you releasing it. And then you can reflect after the cry and be like, 
it's going to be okay. Yeah. It will pass, right? You need that cry. I don't know what chemicals being released, but you need it. And it looks like they're going through more pain trying not to cry than actually just talking about it and letting themselves cry. Yeah. And it's such a heartbreaker because you're like, you were taught that. Right. That was right. a learned behavior from someone in your family, some someone that you know told you that that wasn't cool, that you'll be seen as a punk, et cetera, et cetera. And it's the biggest heartbreaker because that cry is so, need i i recall the cry when i had yeah. it and i realized and i was like oh my god like yes it's not your fault no nah. right? it's not your fault and and i mean i you know it, anyone who is going through that process of healing which is almost a never-ending process yeah. because there's always something <laughs> um it, it's you we've all been there you know that feeling where it's just like i i really need a good release yes. so it allows me to just reset and tackle my life a little bit fresh you talked about uh we love philly tell us about we love philly yes so we love philly was an idea i had because since dealing with these 16 to 21 year olds who probably didn't have the best school experience right so i teach history Mm. so while i'm in the classroom teaching history i notice that some of the students are like they're stuck in the mindset that school isn't a place for them to learn because of their past experience or school is a place where a lot of my traumas happen because I haven't been able to read since fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, right? Mm. Or I haven't read a book since the diary of a wimpy kid. And here you are talking about the, (laughs) the enlightenment era and philosophical thinkers, right? So I'm like, all right, I need, I know what helped me a lot to help me learn a lot about myself and why I did the things I did was changing my environment. So I said, all right, I'm in a city. I'm in a city where, where the United States was born. There's so much history here. There's so many landmarks. There's so much nature. I need to figure out a way to change the classroom from the typical classroom that's been set up for the past hundred years in our education system that's never been reformed. And I was like, all right, well, it's time to use the city. It's time to use what we have in the city to teach students a values-based education. So mm. my first goal was like, all right, I need to teach these students the, the values that, that we might not have learned growing up or we don't see yet as teenagers, right? Like self-love, self-discipline, respecting others, etc. And then once I got students outside and, uh, and volunteering, and them seeing that they have a self-worth, right? A lot of the students, they don't think that they have a self-worth or they've never done positive things. So for them to go into a place, volunteer for a few hours and see that they could impact hundreds of people on a closed drive or they can feed hundreds of people by putting together meals or they can make a whole bunch of people smile who are in a way lower, worse off position than them that was the the fireworks that were going off in the student's Mm. head that was the aha moment and i was like okay let's keep expanding when we love philly okay values-based education all right we're doing community service what else and then students were like i noticed over the years they were like we want to all own our own businesses and i was like okay i need to tie entrepreneurship in here so i was like okay how can i tie entrepreneurship in here and then i started doing my own research and said okay i need to create the model right most good teachers they're modeling the finished product before they teach it to the students so they can know all the ins and outs of something, right? right? right. They don't want to just wing it and go, hey, we'll figure it out as we go because then you lose credibility with the students. They're like, you don't know what you're talking about. And right. they're looking for the reasons to discredit you off yeah. the bat as teenagers. Immediately. Immediately. So I 
went in for six to nine months and just constantly was figuring out how to edit video, edit audio, do all of the entrepreneur, create the content network, do all mm. of the things that I could create lesson plans around to slow release this gradual release it to, to my students. And that's, that's, that's where we love Philly was born. I, I can imagine getting your students out of the classroom the first few times to do volunteering was oh, yeah. probably like dragging <laughs> like a two-year-old to bed when they don't want to go to sleep. Yeah. What, yeah. what was that like? It, it was a struggle. It was definitely a struggle, but I was super blessed. If, if, if any of uh, my followers are listening to this podcast, they know of Kasim. And when I tell you Kasim is legit, like it, I, I don't even know how to explain him, but like he's like a legitimate angel. Mm. Like he is the most conscious, loving, just young person I've ever met, ever. And then he jumped on the We Love Philly program immediately. And I was like, oh, wow, you're going to help me spread this to the other students. And like just them seeing how happy you are and you talking about it in school. So I was super, super grateful to have him. The other students definitely, definitely took a while. But all I had to do was get them out of the classroom. All you have to do is come to one event because when they come to one event, right, young people this, this, this day and age, there's one thing that will get their attention and that's instant gratification. Yes. And that volunteer work is instant gratification. You're seeing the result of your work immediately in smiles and thank yous and we wish you want to come back, like please come back again and hey, we're going to buy you lunch for coming out. All of those things happen on the same event day. And then they're like, oh, this is fun. Right. And then the added bonus, they're getting off their block. They're seeing new parts of Philly. They're, they, 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 they have no idea how much opportunity is mm. in Philly. They really, a lot of them where, where I teach think it's the worst place on earth because they only know their block. They right. only know their neighborhood. They only know that generational trauma that they're coming from. They haven't seen anything else. And yeah, just, just to, just to get them out the door. Right. Which is, if you think about it, you compare it to our lives. That's everything. Starting yes. is always the hardest thing. And just to get them to start, then it, it spread. The, the, uh, that's amazing. You were able to understand the, the need for the instant gratification, especially yeah. in the age of social media. Definitely. Cause that's, that's so heavy into what captures the, even our generation, but even uh, specifically younger minds, right? Yeah. They need that instant gratification. How many likes, how many yeah. retweets, how many comments on my even, picture, yeah. how much everything. Even, yeah, even video games. Yes. Right? Like everything in a video game is an instant, instant reward gra- to keep reward. you playing. It Absolutely. Over and over and over. So to take that and, 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 turn volunteering into that new form of instant gratification. I I've done a little bit of volunteer work and you're right. Like it's you, you leave feeling like you want to give yourself a pat on the back and you want that pat on the back as much as possible afterwards. It's like, well, what's the, let's find the next opportunity. Let's, 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 uh, let's schedule some time. I can come back. Let's find someone else that I can volunteer for. And it's, it's, it's amazing. That's an amazing feeling that I don't think can be replicated in a lot of ways. It really can't. It really can't. And it's just what it does for your mental health. Yes. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable to when you are given the opportunity to be of service and you can really live that, that, 
that saying you have to give in order to receive mm. and that's that's the way you really see if it's true you're giving for two to three hours and but then you're receiving for the rest of the night six seven hours you're just yeah. glowing you're like i did this you're telling everyone you're like hey all right and then that's what philly needs right city of brotherly love sisterly affection spread the word you volunteered it felt good why do you have to go to a bar every Friday night? Yeah. Why do you have to go to a bar every Saturday night? Why can't we wake up Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, go volunteer together, feel good, right? Talk about it. And you know what I mean? You're going to network and communicate. And I believe you're going to meet better people at a Absolutely. volunteer event than at a bar at one in the morning. Like 100% agreed. What would you say, though? And I don't think I asked you this the last time we, we talked about those, you know, the people I imagine who would benefit the most from volunteering are, you know, are also the people that are working second and third shifts. You know, they got their head down in the weeds of life and uh, are just trying to keep their head afloat. Right. Like they, they have kids at home. Maybe maybe they don't. But, you know, they have a job that they don't necessarily like. They're yeah. working these hours and they don't have that same sense of community. What would you and, I, you know, I, I say that from someone who came from that life. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you you may have had the idea or wanted to do some volunteering, but you just didn't. I, like, I didn't know how it was going to fit into my schedule. It sounds great, the instant gratification, but when I've never done it, I don't, yeah. I can't really grasp it yet. Yeah. Like, what would you, what would you I, say to those group of I people? I think you hit it on the head. You said it. It's, it's that sense of community, right? I think mm. human beings are really tribal, right? Yes. All, all, all throughout our evolution, we've always been in packs. We've always been together. You've always had a strong sense of community. And I think that burnout feeling that I hate my job, I have to do this nine to five, right? You see all these memes, like when someone at work asks you a question and it's just like someone being rude yes. to someone else, right? <laughs> yes. That you're lacking the sense of community that's in your DNA. And it, it's weird. It's like going to the gym, right? Like I tell my students, you go to the gym in the morning. It seems like you're doing a lot waking up and working out, but you're going to have so much more energy the rest of the day after you work out in the morning. It's the same, I think, we're volunteering. You're doing, you're taking the time out. You're being a service to others. And now you're going to receive all of that extra energy that then you can go and use and be productive throughout the day. And then when you get off, you're like, all right, maybe I don't like my job. It was a nine to five. I, I'm in the weeds. I'm exhausted. I'm burnt out. But I volunteered for an hour and it made it a lot more bearable. Yeah. And then maybe just maybe you can maybe make a career out of it somehow. I mean, mm. if one hour gave you that much joy and gave you that much more energy, maybe that will help you see that you're meant to do more than hate your job and hate life for eight hours a day. Like it's not, I don't think it's what we're meant to do. I, I completely agree. I, I, I know I, I come from the generation that taught you, you weren't necessarily meant to love your job you were meant to just have a job so you can provide some stability to family. And I think we're breaking away from that generation of, yeah. you know, no, you should be able to find some satisfaction yeah. in the thing you're doing most of the day yeah. and the place you're spending more time than you sometimes are with your family. Yeah. And that benefits everyone. Yes. Right? It, it goes from, this is my duty to I'm having fun doing this. And you know, whenever you have fun doing it, you want to share it. Absolutely. You have better thoughts. You're more positive. You're going to think of different creative ways. More opportunities are going to come. You're going to meet more people. You're going to be all around happier. You're going to have more energy. And that, I mean, that's going to drive the economy and however our system, however it's set up, it's just going to make it better. 
I feel like the way it's been done in the past has hit the wall that it was supposed to hit, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's either you don't like your job, you don't feel fulfilled, and you, you don't feel like you're doing work that's making an impact. Well, if you feel that way, listen to yourself, take the leap, and go do something that you legitimately get excited about. Like you have to take that leap. You have to, what? Oh, I saw it on a graffiti on my way to work the other day. Um, uh, when you take the leap, the net will appear. Yeah. But you have to take the leap first yeah. and it'll, it will come, it will show up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I don't know, where was that? I've never I seen that remember. in the city. <laughs> I ride my bicycle everywhere and I see so many like just aha moments and I'm yeah. like, oh wow, yeah, that's awesome. And then, of course, the teacher in me, and I have to reflect. I'm like, what leap do I have to take? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone has a leap, and it's, sometimes it's just sitting down and figuring it out. But it, it's amazing how when you are in a positive mindset, like clearly you are in, uh, you, you start to notice those quotes a lot more yes. than when you're, in, yes. you're so, not in that right frame yeah, of mind. I forget. It's, I feel like there's a term for it. I, I'm sure there yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell that to my students all the time. I'm like, you know how when you get a car and they're like, yeah, yeah. And you see, you get your car, you think no one has it. And then when you start driving, you start seeing your car yeah, everywhere. Absolutely. It's because your mind is open to you, you. This is now on your radar. So right. if you can put positivity, if you can put peace, if you can put love on your radar, if you can make it something that you want to notice, you're going to start seeing it so much more. But if we're, you know what I mean? I mean, it's not their fault. It's the, the trauma, but we're constantly in a, this is the worst. This is negative. It's not going to get better. Why are we even trying? Aren't we all going to be underwater soon anyway? I don't care. Like, right. what? Yeah. No, yeah. no, right? This is the test. This is where the leap, you have to take that leap, right? And once we all take the leap, that everything's going to get better. You just, you really have to believe. That's why I think kindergarten teachers, I like, they're the most inspirational people ever. Yes. Every kid, every yes. kindergarten teacher you walk in, it's the realest thing I've ever learned in school. And it really didn't hit me until I was in my twenties, but it really is. If you believe it, you can achieve it. Yeah. And it's just like the realest lesson ever. Yeah. The most cliche of sayings yeah. is like the most that's, true saying. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. And that's why you don't see your car. It's because you've never seen it before and you didn't know it was a thing. But now that you believe that you have a car and now you're going to see it everywhere. And yeah. if you start believing, you're going to start seeing. Positive uh, motivational speaker. You should think about getting into yeah. motivational speaking. Uh, surprisingly, surprisingly, it's the number one thing I need to work on. Really? In a classroom to 16 to 21 year olds perfectly fine yeah. on, on my game one-on-one -on -one, perfectly fine on my game room full of a hundred people who are older than me i feel like i'm still trying to let go hmm. of some that's of, very some interesting of that, some of that trauma that was passed on to me of caring what other people think and i'm, I'm sure there's a social anxiety a type of thing that's called or something in the world out there but yeah, yeah we'll leave I'm, that for greater minds to figure out yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm gonna get better it's on the list it's on nice. the list definitely well carlos aponte uh we love philly podcasts um thank you what's the website that we can so, find some volunteer so work we love philly.org there's a volunteer calendar on it we update it weekly if you want to volunteer all you have to do is go to the calendar click and we try to put fun uh, fun first time volunteer experiences so you can get your feet wet the right way, right? I don't want you sitting at a desk your first time entering data, right? Yeah. Like get you outside in nature, get you around a bunch of people. So yeah, there's the, vo the volunteer calendar on the website. All of our podcast 
uh, episodes on the website. There's a blog on the website. It's at We Love Philly on Instagram, at We Love Philadelphia on Facebook. And if you know any 16 to 21 year olds who are not having a good time at their high school, go on our uh, on our page. There's an enroll now button and you can enroll at One Bright Ray Community High School. Make sure you pick the Fairhill campus because that's where I'm at currently. And I just was given permission by uh, switching up the We Love Philly program a little bit. I can offer students a high school credit for doing the nice. for doing the program now. And yeah, if you want a second chance or you just want a different high school experience, come to the Fairhill campus of One Bright Ray Community High School. We can get you signed up for the We Love Philly program, and you can make that a part that that entrepreneur volunteer service. You can make that a part of your curriculum and go out into the city and do something about all the problems you keep seeing everywhere. that's that's really cool thank yeah. you yeah. i always enjoy talking to you carlos thank you. yeah well. thank you. you a lot appreciate you thank you okay i want to give a very special thanks to carlos for sitting with me on the podcast today Download, rate, subscribe to his podcast, We Love Philly. It's really cool. Also, visit his website where you can find opportunities to volunteer. And when it comes to volunteering, I know it can be really difficult sometimes, especially if you have family, you have kids at home, you have a full time job, you're an entrepreneur, you got a lot of things on your plate. Uh, But it's rewarding, if not for the people who you are uh, helping. Uh, whatever volunteer you decide to sign up for. Um, it's empowering for yourself. It makes you just feel good. It, it is personally rewarding. If not for anything else, do it for that reason. You'll find that no matter how hard or how difficult or how small the task you are doing, it is personally empowering. Um, thank you for all of who always listen and subscribe. Don't forget, rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to Salah's Corner. For any questions, topics, uh, anytime you want to disagree with me, email me at realtalk at salahscorner.com. Salah's Corner is recorded out of Rec Philly, is produced by producer extraordinaire Bree Wilson and features music from Prod by Delgado. For more of my work, please visit salascorner.com. And as always, until next time, peace, y'all.